ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 24 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. ComC is excited to welcome collectors to our booth in person at the 2021 National Sports Collectors Convention. It's taking place from July 28th to August 1st at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Chicago. At this year's event, we'll be doing free live box breaks, live industry panels, autograph signings, and much more. Come visit ComC at booth 624. To stay updated with ComC and our events at the National, please follow us on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on all platforms. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to National Week. Yes, this episode is coming out just the day before the 2021 National Sports Collectors Convention kicks off and I am excited about spending the week up in Chicago at the show. I've received a few questions asking me what I'm going to be looking for, what what my main focus is going to be at the show, and really, you know, like I've said before, it's going to be getting a chance to meet with people, getting a chance to meet with other content creators and listeners and readers of the blog, and getting a chance to connect and build some friendships and build some relationships. That's what I'm looking for the most. I will be looking for a few cards, however. I'm going to be Looking to finish off a couple sets. Probably the big cards that I'm looking for are two of the three Dr. J rookie cards from the 1972 Topps basketball set. So I'm going to be trying to track down those. There should be a couple of those I should be able to find. I'm going to be looking for some 1988 or 1989 Quaker Dips wrestling cards. I've got four cards from each of those years that I still need to get to complete those sets. And I love oddballs and food issue oddballs. So I'm going to be looking to see if anybody's got those. That might be a little bit more of a challenge. And then if anybody's got any 1980 Topps basketball single panels already separated, I still need four cards, two Dr. J cards from that, one of the Magic rookies and one of the Bird rookies. I'm going to be looking for some single panel 1980 Tops basketball cards as well and see if I can't track down those remaining pieces for some of the PC sets that I've been working on. I'm also going to be spending some time with John Newman, who is our guest today on today's podcast. John and I have worked together over the years on Hobby Hotline when I was a part of that show. I've had a chance to be on his show a couple times, and now he is joining me for a conversation here on the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute So I am going to let John talk a little bit more here, but I want to introduce him and kind of talk through. He's done, been in the hobby for like 30 years, and he started his show a few years ago, Sports Card Nation Podcast. That was one of the ones that I started listening to when he got it launched, and he has seen some, some tremendous success of it getting off the ground and growing and adapting and changing, and I really appreciate that about John. He's a hard worker. He's consistent and regular, and I think you're going to enjoy hearing a little bit more about him in just a minute. 
This week, I'm also going to get to spend some time with the guys from Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. Check out what they're going to be doing at udogcollect.com. But they're going to be at the National this week, and I'm going to get a chance to meet them. They're going to be spending some time away from their new shop that they opened in Knoxville, Tennessee, located near the University of Tennessee campus. Check them out at udogcollect.com, their Facebook group, and their new physical store. And wherever you find them, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. John, welcome to the show. You have been a podcaster for several years. You've been involved in the hobby for several years. You do Sports Card Nation. You do Hobby Quick Hits. You're involved in several other productions. Welcome to the show. It's good to have another content creator to chat with. Thanks. I think what you really were saying is you're an old guy and you've been around a long time. I don't, I don't know about that. You definitely have a lot of knowledge to share. I think that's one of the things that I appreciate about you is, is you approach content creation from the perspective of helping educate. And that's kind of the mindset that I've got as well. So yeah, I, I like, I like the way that you're approaching things. And, and educating, and you know, this too, Mike, educating ourselves in, in the process as well. Oh yeah. It's, there's never a shortage of things to learn when it comes to the hobby. Yeah. Like I said before, you've been involved in the hobby for years. And I was curious, you know, what led to you or what led you to want to start a podcast a few years ago? Well, uh, you know, Eric Norton, uh, I've become good friends with him. You, you've become good friends with him. For, for me, me and my son uh, used to just binge listen to that as we traveled to New York City, uh, where I'm from, from, from Syracuse. And, uh, you know, my son said, you know, knowing my background and having a store and being big in the cards, my son said to me, hey, dad, uh, you know, you ever think about doing a show like this? And I kind of just said, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I could do it, you know. Um, and so I never really, you know, the, the thought uh, was there, but I really enjoyed Eric's show. It's like, I'm not going to be able to do better than that. Why, why even, you know, I'm not saying it's the right train of thought, but that was what I was thinking. And then I had a friend of mine who worked for uh, ESPN on the radio, Dan Tutor. He was working in Florida. He's a person of faith, uh, like we both are, I can say, and uh, uh, would, you know, kind of be on a show and say, God, you know, when he wrap it up, God bless you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow type of deal. And, you know, they started sort of telling them, you know, don't do that. Uh, here is what your opinion is on this. And he's like, that isn't my opinion on this. Well, if you're going to be on the air, it is. And they were sort of scripting his beliefs and were trying to. And he said, uh, uh, you know, what was a, a job he would enjoy driving to work to get in the booth and do became very tedious and tense. And he said, I can't, I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I'm stressing out. This is like, I dread going to the studio now when it used to be such a, a thing of love. And so uh, they make the story a lot shorter. He came back to Syracuse and he started his own broadcast company and he knew I was in the car. And he's like, hey, I, he was doing a, a daily show in the morning. He's like, hey, I had Fridays off from my, my nine to five job at the time. And he's like, John, why don't you, we'll do a, just a one-time show. Come on, bring like eight to 10 cards that are sort of relevant to what's going on in the sports world. Cause he was doing sports and, but he also collected cards a little bit. 
He's like, let's sort of tie them to two together on a Friday for one Friday. And it's a, it's a video and audio show that, that he does. And so I did that and uh, he got like a ton of feedback. People were commenting, sending emails. Is this going to be, I collect cards too, or I used to, I'm kind of thinking about getting back. Is this going to be like an, an every Friday segment, which it wasn't supposed to be. And he, you know, he called me up because you, you have every Friday off, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to do this every Friday? And I'm like, as long as not, you know, doesn't screw up anything here, an appointment, you know, as long as I'm free, I'll, I'll be there because I'd have to go to his house. You know, he had a studio downstairs. And so we did it. We did it. But I also knew my schedule might be changing where I wouldn't have Fridays completely off uh, anymore. And I kind of gave him the heads up like this might be coming down the pike. And so uh, he goes, oh, that's all right. We'll do it as long as we can. So we wound up doing like 15 weeks of that. And uh, then I, then my schedule did change. I couldn't do it. My son actually did uh, probably four to six in my place, uh, mostly sports. Uh, my son's really knowledgeable when it comes to sports. And um, that was, you know, that was sort of the, uh, as I've said before, that was sort of like, hey, I can do it. Not only did I do an audio, I did, I was on screen. I'm not a, a handsome guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I at least got over that fear, if you will. I got over that that ledge. Uh, I took the plunge, and then that was when I said, "Hey, you know, with, with what I want to do, it's it's not going to be necessarily live. I can kind of do it and and release it when I want." So that's how really Sports Card Nation uh, got born. Long Jeez. story, sorry. No, you're good. So Sports Card Nation's kind of your anchor show, but since yes. then you've added, I'm going to call them some spinoff shows, right? You did Hobby Quick Hits. You've announced that you've got another spinoff show that's going to be coming in August. I was wondering, what was the thought process that went into these spinoff shows? How did you go about deciding whether you would just add it as an additional episode of Sports Card Nation or create that actual standalone show? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, I'll speak to Javi Quick Hits uh, first, Mike. You know, Sports Car Nation, I, I don't limit like gas and, and that sort of things. You, you know me, I can I can elaborate sometimes to a flaw. And so those shows, as you know, you know, I've had two hour episodes. I think one was two hours, 20 minutes. They generally average between an hour and 15 and an hour 30 overall. That's can be long in some uh, uh you know, podcast uh, worlds. And so, you know, someone asked me, man, like, I love that. I love the guest list that you have. And I, I got some feedback like, hey, do you ever think of just doing a show where you tackle like one topic and just do like 20 minutes, uh, you know? And, you know, I got a few of those. And I didn't really act on it. And then I got a few more and I'm like, there's some call. I can listen. I could try it. Um, if I don't, if it don't work and people don't listen to it, if the, the numbers reflect that, I can make it go away just as quick as I, I, I make it happen. And so that's kind of how that uh, came about. And it, it did well. And at first, if, if you remember, I actually had it on a separate, like you'd have to subscribe to it separately. And then I thought, why, why am I doing that? It's, it's all under the same umbrella. Why don't I just move it over. I think at, at one point it was on like Wednesdays and I'm like, 
why don't I do that front of the week and then do sports, keep Sports Car Nation on the Friday it already was. So Monday, Friday, bookend it, short on Monday, ease them in, you know, less of me on Monday, a little bit more of me on Friday. And uh, switching it over, I probably should have did it sooner, uh, truth be told, uh, was the best decision uh, I ever did, as, as numbers uh, indicate that. And then, um, you know, with the new show, which is August, it's called Breaking Cardboard. You know, then the same thing there. It hasn't aired yet, but, you know, people like, hey, I, I appreciate your content, but do you ever think of doing a live show? And there's plenty of those. I, you know, I, sometimes I think, like, it's the same reason I didn't do it because I was thinking of fat packs where, like, it's already being done. Like, so the new show is going to be once a month. It's going to be the second Friday of each month. It's going to be, and what I wanted to do with that, again, we haven't aired one yet, is... I also want to have a co-host and I, I, I will say this on the air. I'd love to have you either on in that fashion or as the guest. So my idea with it is to have sort of two hosts and a guest. Uh, and once a month, like I said, second Friday, 930 at nighttime and see how, again, see how it goes. You know, if it doesn't play off well, then you can always say, thanks. Hey, the 10 people that watch, thank you. And, uh, We'll see on Fridays on Sports Car Nation and, and Mondays on Hobby Quicket. So it just, some people said like, why don't you do a live show? I kind of want to see that element. And, and it's, again, it's not unknown territory, as you said, with Hobby uh, Hotline and, and even doing that uh, show with my friend Dan there on, on, on Fridays in his, in his studio. I just say, hey, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But I also wanted to like throw a couple wrinkles in it and sort of have a, uh, a co-host and a, and a guest. I don't want it to just uh, be me. I've always said, even with Sports Card Nation, like less of me and more of the guests is, is really the recipe uh, there. I think you hit on something that I think a lot of people don't think about. And that is when we're doing these, these shows, when we're creating content, there's sometimes a mindset of, hey, I've, I've done this, I've started it, and now I've got to just keep on plowing through but I like that you said, I'm going to test it. I'm going to experiment with it. And I'm going to see if people like it or not. And if they do, great. I'll keep doing yeah. it. And if they don't, eh, you know, I'll stop doing it. And, and people don't always realize that we've got that opportunity, right? There's some of these types of, of shows, some of these, you know, live feeds, some of the written content. There can be a time and a place and a, a window or a season where that makes a lot of sense. And then there's times where, you know what, that needs to scale back now. Or, um, you know, I've talked in the past about doing multiple episodes a week and I just do one now a week because that seems to fit better. It seems to still let me communicate what I want to communicate. And you being willing to experiment with some new things, I think, is, is great. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, to, to try new things and, and learn. And like we, we talked about, even in just hobby terms, it, it works in the same fashion with, with content creation. Like, and, and just because one show, uh, I think, you know, where I'm going, just because one show might be really successful doesn't guarantee any future, you know, the old doesn't guarantee future success, you know. People might say, man, this dude's getting uglier every year. I don't want to see a video uh, of this guy. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll consume him in audio form. That's all right. I could swallow that. But, man, I just, you know, that's where I draw the line. But, you know, you try to, and, you know, I know you get a lot of questions from people with uh, now with maybe launching their own show. I still get them. And, you know, one of the, the, the two pieces of advice I, I give them, Mike, is uh, – 
number one, you, you don't know unless you try. You got to You got to like let your 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 inhibitions go. Do it if it don't work or you're not comfortable or you're not enjoying it. Same thing. You, you don't you, you don't have to do it, but at least, you know, you tried. And the other thing is don't be too quick to throw in a towel either. It's, it's sort of a balance, you know, from, you know, from where sports car nation is today to, to when it started, I've said this many times on the show, probably ad nauseum. It's, it's two different worlds. There, there could have been a couple of times early in that process where I'm like, ah, eh, you know, it was a good run or, you know, hey, I had fun, but let's, uh, let's wrap it up. And I, obviously I didn't. Um, and so that would be my advice to someone else is like, you know, it, as long as it's, you're having fun with it and you're enjoying it, uh, that's number one. And then everything else, whether it's downloads and sponsors and that stuff comes comes later on in, in the process. But you got to have fun. Like I always someone asked me, I don't know if you ever like when how would you know, like not to do Sports Card Nation anymore? Like when would you stop it? And the answer is two answers when I'm not here anymore. Hopefully that's later than sooner. And number two, when I go to do an episode or record segments and it's like almost like work like man i don't want to do this and sure there's moments uh but when it becomes more the norm than not the norm um that's my cue to like i don't care how many downloads like you you know the one thing i won't do is go through the motions i won't make a show just because you know this many people listen to but i don't I don't really enjoy it. I think that's sort of dis disingenuous and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, people may not agree with everything I say, but I, I try to be honest and real about it. And so when I feel like I'm sort of like a showman, like I'm just going out there and doing uh, performing for an hour and a half and then turning the mic off and being glad that I did that, that's probably when it's time for me to hang up the mic, so to speak. A few minutes ago, you mentioned Hobby Hotline, which was a live call-in show that you and I both were a part of for a while. And there's, you know, there's several other content creators that are are a part of that show. And that's just one of a handful of I'm going to call them collaboration shows that you've been a part of over the years, and and that you continue to be a part of. How do you compare your involvement in some of those kind of collaboration shows versus? the the shows that are more driven and owned by you you know is there any kind of give and take there for your thoughts about how you approach those how you decide which of those you might want to get involved with or start you know start fresh or whatever it might be kind of how do you approach some of those collaboration shows i love this questions i love this question i think for me you know when you're in a show with eight ten other people as, as hobby hotline is uh, you, you sort of, you know, I know it's a cliche line. You got to check your ego uh, at the door. And we all have them. Anyone that says, I don't have an ego, that's not being truthful either. Um, so you got to you got to check that at the door. And, you know, obviously uh, you got Brian Gray involved in, in that show sometimes. And, and Dr. Beckett, uh, James Beckett's on there uh, once a month. And, uh, uh, you know, that that's definitely will get you to check your ego even if you weren't doing it willingly uh, very quick when you see, and, and you know, Dr. Jim, when you see someone to that hobby level, hobby icon, just be a down to earth guy. I've gotten to know him very well. I know you have as well. Uh, I say to myself, like, this is a guy that's, you know, if there's a Mount Rushmore of the hobby, 
he might be one of the first uh, or second at worst case on that uh, on that uh, Mount Rushmore. And yet you would never know that by talking to him. When I first met him, I had a whole different perception of, of who he was, which perception is not always uh, reality, as we both know. And so that makes it easy. Seeing someone carry themselves in that fashion makes it really, not that it would have been hard anyway, but it makes it easier. And I think for someone who may be having a difficult time in that aspect, you, you look at that as sort of an example of, of how to do it. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun. And, 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 you know, now we're, you know, an early in, not that it was bad, but, you know, we, we had a lot of the same people, myself included on uh, almost every week. And I'm on like once a month and that's, that's good. I, I think people don't always want it. There's, there's so much, even with our regular shows, they don't, they, you know, John, again, you know, uh, I think once a month is good and getting different perspectives, different faces uh, on the screen. I think it's played, uh, it's played better. And, and again, I think everyone has done a great job there. I don't want to just speak to myself, but everyone has done a great job to, to sort of, you know, work together and, and sort of leave those egos at the door, come in and let's just have fun, talk hobby, take, you know, people who call in, answer their questions the best we can. And, and, you know, to see someone like Dr. Jim going back to that Brian Gray from, from leaf, come on, they don't have to do that. They can say, Hey man, I, you know, I'm doing this. Sorry guys. Put me on once every six months. Right. Or whenever I'll let you know. Right. You, you know um, the fact that they're, you know, willing to do it, that makes it easier for, for the rest of us sort of to, to, to do that. Over the last few years since you've been podcasting, you've done short shows, you've done long shows, you've done interview style shows, you've done single topic shows, you've done collaboration shows, pre-recorded, live. You've kind of spanned all different types of content creation when it comes to, to podcasting and video shows. What has surprised you the most about creating content at this point? That's an easy one for me. And I, I, you, you, you might agree from doing this yourself, you know, and I've said this before, it's the time. It's the time that, you're, you know, when someone hears like, you know, Sports Card Nation comes out, let's say a Friday, it's an hour and a half in length from if you've listened, start to finish. But there's probably four to six hours of uh, time put in that show from editing, from, you know, the interview itself. Uh, you know, like you, uh, you know how this goes when you talk to someone. It's very rare you just do uh, the interview and say, see you later, right? Bye. Thanks for, you know, thanks for coming on. You're out, right? Uh, sometimes some people have like time, like I got an appointment, I got to go. But generally you have a conversation off the air. So while, while someone hears that hour and a half of content, uh, there's could be anywhere from three to six hours of of. Uh, man or woman power uh, going into that production. And so that's another thing, you know, we talk about questions people ask us when they're thinking about taking the plunge. I, I, I don't want to lie. You know, I'm like, you know, you're, you're a fan of the podcast. Now you want to do it. That's awesome. Do it. I'm not trying to talk you out of it, but I also want you to know while you're here in that, whatever time that shows on, it's, there's more time to produce it. You need to know that sort of going going in i don't want to like hey why didn't you tell me about that like it takes you know i didn't want to so i always very transparent with that 
Yeah. And even those live shows, right? There's time that you spend preparing so that you're going to have somewhat of a clue of what you want to talk about or that you're going to be speaking knowledgeably about whatever topics are going to be discussed. So even those live shows that that you're not necessarily having to do editing on, there's still work that goes into to those. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got a pre-show. What what are our, what are our main topics? Uh, who's on? You know, when I got scheduling, when you have a, a rotation as speaking, just the hobby hotline. Who's on this week? Oh, something came up. I can't make it. Someone fill in for me. You you know, you know. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. I think people some. I think some people realize I don't want to paint everyone with a broad brush. And I think some people probably don't. They think, hey, it's an hour and a half and John spends an hour and a half, uh, you know, Wax Pack Heroes 30 minutes and Mike spends 30 minutes and that's it. And it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? We know and, and other people, but I always make sure if someone asks me, uh, I'm not, again, I don't say to pat ourselves on the back, but if someone asks me, I definitely want them to realize like you're going to have to put some, some, some elbow grease into it too. You had mentioned that you get questions from time to time about starting a, a show or creating content. And I know I picked your brain before starting this show and, and got some insight and things that you had learned and things that I should be thinking about. And I get the same type of questions from time to time. We've seen this massive proliferation of hobby content over the last couple of years. What's your perspective on, do you think that it's all valuable? Oh man, that's I guess to some, the beauty, you know, it's the old, I know it's cliche, beauty's in the, in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I don't listen. I, like you, I, I can't say I listen to everyone. Uh, I like certain shows. Your show is, is in that uh, column. I may not listen to another one. Um, I, I believe in analytics in the hobby, but I don't necessarily like shows that just speak analytics. I like the more of the, the organic grassroots, I, I, I kind of, you know, I think we're products of our environment, so to speak. So coming up in the hobby, we didn't have all the charts and graphs that we have now. I think they're great. I'm not, uh, I use card ladder to, to give them a little uh, plug there, but I, I, too much of that, I don't like, so if the show is going to be all, you know, bullet points and, and, you know, Walsh, like a stock market show, I tend to not, it's not probably going to be on my regular rotation. I may listen from time to time. I don't want to totally, but it's probably not going to be in the regular uh, rotation. I like interview shows. I like when you talk to somebody that I know or don't know. And then if it's someone I don't know, I get to know them through your conversation with them. I, you know, again, plug of, of, you know, the hobbies, the people is the tagline of Sports Car Nation. I didn't come up with that because it sounded cute. I believe that. Um, wholeheartedly. And so uh, the people I tend to, so I guess where I'm going with this is I tend to lean towards interview shows, yours included and, and others as, as well. And not that I don't listen to, uh, you know, a show where someone doesn't have an interview. I do too, but I really like the, that banter. I like hearing perspectives, even if it's maybe not agreeing, I've gotten to know people through having you, interview them I, uh, it's nice even people i know hearing you interact with them to how i've interacted with those that dynamic so i'd say interview shows first i tend to shy away from like over the top you know analytical shows there's nothing wrong with them probably a lot of 
And in those folks' defense, there's probably a lot of, probably a lot more research goes into that than maybe even something I do. So I'm not trying to be, I'm just kind of speaking to, to personal preference. And, and there's probably people who say, hey, I don't like hearing two guys or uh, you talk to whoever. I'd rather hear, hey, what, where's, the, where's the market going and, and what's next? And so to each, uh, to reach their own. And, and I always say if someone, if a hobby, if a content creator is putting in the work, uh, you got to at least give them that much credit, whether you, the show comes out good, bad, or, or in between, you know, they're, they're at least trying, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, the market will speak and there's going to be an audience. If there's an audience then, and they're finding value in it. Great. I may not find value in all of it, but if, if somebody is, then, then it's filling a need, right? Now you also have Newman sports cards and you've owned yeah. a shop in the past. You've done shows and you're, you know, you're involved in other avenues to sell cards. I was curious about what your current strategy or approach is related to buying and selling. Man, it's just, you know, taking my experience for, for the two cents it may be worth, you know, and just applying it as best as best we can. And, and I've even not taken my own advice. I've said, you know, I just posted something the other day, you know, be careful buying pictures. And then I just bought 400 Corbin Burns rookies. And, you know, um, sometimes, you know, just, uh, just go with your gut instinct sometimes too. Don't be so rigid where this person said this, John Newman said that Mike Summers said this, it's, it's gospel. Now we may be right. We might be wrong, but take that if you want to take that sort of perspective, but also put your own uh, thought process into it. As far as I try to keep, Newman sports cards, though, sort of separate uh, from the content creation as much as I can. Obviously, uh, I know you do it, and, and I, I appreciate that. Sometimes I will talk about some sales. Sometimes even on social media, I post, hey, I sold this today. I, I think it's hard to completely not talk about transactions. I mean, I don't, I don't think we need to apologize for that. Uh, you know, there, there is a, a faction of the hobby, Mike. I, don't, I, I kind of Curious your take too on this. There is a faction of the hobby that doesn't like, I don't know why. If you ask me why, I'm not sure. Maybe jealousy is probably the first thing that, but there is a, a faction of the hobby that doesn't like seeing people talk about their sales or their their numbers or their, you know, uh, I don't know why, as long as someone's being truthful. Now, I think sometimes, uh, maybe not in our cases, but maybe other people could posture, hey, I did you know, 40,000 in sales this week, or, you know, you see someone post their like last 90 days at eBay uh, sales. It's sort of a, a brag post, but who's to say that they just didn't get that off, off the, the internet and say it's there. So I, I try, that's one of the reasons I try not to talk a lot about my sales uh, in depth is because I don't want to be like, ah, oh, you're just bragging you made this or you made that, or you can say that it's not true, John, you know? So I try to sort of not talk about it, but I think to talk about the current landscape, where we are in the hobby, sometimes I think it's, it's prudent to talk about, Hey, this card I sold for $150 last year. I couldn't even, I couldn't, couldn't even get $20 for, or the reverse. Now this card that's, you know, 150 is now 20 bucks and not a lot of call for it. So uh, it, you have to talk about a transactions. I just try to do it 
at a level where it's not too much. And someone, I don't want someone to like message me and it really hasn't happened because I think I'm staying on top of it, but I don't want to get some feedback like John, I, I don't care about all your transactions. Like talk about, you know, the guests or the hobby in general. And so I try to find that, that middle ground as best I can. Yeah. You asked kind of what, what my thoughts were. I think it comes down to what you had said earlier that, there's you you can't please everybody right there's some people looking for the investment quote unquote investment related content or an analytics related content others are looking more for the pure celebration of a card or a set or a, or an athlete or something like that and i think the same thing applies when you talk about kind of that blend or how you blend in potential the potential business side of things you know for me the reason i'm comfortable with it is that's part of the the ethos of the show that I'm trying to do is right is not everybody is a quote unquote pure collector. Not everybody is a pure businessman or businesswoman when it comes to the hobby. There's a lot of us who are a hybrid of that, right? We use the business side of the hobby to cover the cost of the collecting side of the hobby. And that's something that I wanted to do with this show from the beginning is to show how I buy and sell to cover the cost of the cards that I want to keep for myself. And so that's why I feel comfortable in kind of talking about both aspects because it's who I am and it's how I hobby. And, you know, yeah. and so I think that's, that's the reasoning that I use and, and that's met um, there's an audience for that too. Right. And it's been so rewarding when I get feedback that said, Hey, I never even considered doing X. Right. But now that's letting me add this to my collection, or I'm able to cover my car payment now because of using some of those things that you've talked about. That's super rewarding to me. And, and that's reinforcement for me that there's an audience for that. Well, you're sharing your experiences and, and listen, there's very, I don't know what the percentage is. There's probably very few people that don't sell something. I mean, maybe some sell more than others or list more than others. I think even, you know, I hear the term true collector. I mean, even probably the truest, the collectors have, have sold the card at some point, whether it's their, their close buddy. Hey, I want that card. I'll give you 10 bucks for it. And it's the only sale they made that year. You sold the card, you know? So I, 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 I think there's a faction, Mike, that sort of looks negatively on people who sometimes sell, I don't know why, you know, but, uh, you know, like you said, you can't please everybody. Um, you know, I try to find that middle ground, but you, you know, even with, with, when you talk about sales or how you're doing at different platforms with different things, including the show, um, you're sharing experiences now, you know what I mean? I, I don't think it comes across as, Hey, I, I got all the answers. I, this is the, the template you know, this is just how I'm doing it. Maybe you can learn something, you know, I'm sure there's people, you know, didn't even know sports lot existed until they heard Mike Summer talk about it and, and that sort of thing. And so that's educational that, Hey, I didn't know. I've seen people say that until I heard Mike talk about sports lot. I didn't know about it. And, uh, you know, uh, so uh, there's different ways. So I think that, I don't think you talk about it in a, a braggatory sort of way. Others may, that's their business and, you know, to each their own, like we say, but uh, I guess it's how it's done. And I, I think you do more to, into a, an enlightenment to enlighten someone educational. Um, I try not to do it too much because I do have some high end stuff. And I, if I did, if I said everything I did, it would just be like, all that dude, dude does is just, 
this and I, and that's not if you know me you know that's not really who i am and so i don't want that even though it's not reality i don't even want the perception to not match the reality so rather than then go there i try to kind of uh you know not really highlight if someone asked me privately like hey what's the most expensive card you ever sold you ever lose on a deal yes and yes you know um i'm not i'm not really shy to talk about it. i just try not to make that the focal point you know for for me anyway now in in your younger days like i had mentioned before you had been a shop owner and um now cards and content is not your full-time full-time gig have you ever considered making cards your your full-time gig again or m- making a pivot to that at some point in the future I, uh, let me first answer to say I, I'd love to. I love the hobby. I love the cards. So if you told me that's all I had to do, you know, I hope my job's not listening, but uh, I'd probably put in my notice. Uh, I won't mention that. <laughs> yeah. But I would love to, Mike, but, you know, and, and you have a, a nine to five job too. There is some comfort in knowing, like, as long as we do our jobs, uh, we should have our jobs and there's some perks along with regular jobs from benefits and as a family guys uh, bonuses and different sort of packages that come along with different things that uh, we won't get into specific. Uh, I'd love to, uh, you know, my son, every once in a while, Mike will ask me, Hey dad, he wasn't around during my store days yet, but he he knows about them. And Hey, would you ever do want to do that again? I I tell him I'd love to, but I don't know if I could, I'd be a little bit up very honest i'd be a little bit nervous about doing it full-time because the pressure gets ramped up like you have a bad day in the store like i don't you know i don't you might have a bad day at work but you still work 10 hours and you get whatever your hourly wage is if you're or even salary you get your, your salary as long as you show up to work you don't you know it's not based on someone coming in or not coming into the store or not making sales so that aspect and um you know, I always say, like, when my son asked me that question, how I answered is, you know, here in Syracuse, uh, and I don't, I, I, I love where I live, I'm not trying, but it's not a huge market, and uh, it's tough. We have one store, and that gentleman owns the building, and so he doesn't have overhead. I, I'll leave it at that. I can elaborate. We'll, we'll leave it at that, uh, but uh, I always tell my son, Mike, you know, I love, we're only an hour from Cooperstown, so if, if I got to that point where I, I sort of wanted to go to that uh, level again, I think one of the things I would look to do, and maybe someone hear this and, and jump on my idea, and there's card stores there. It's not, it's not like it's not been happening, right? but I'd probably go to Cooperstown, go into one of the real estate uh, offices there, see what at a storefront, maybe a, a living quarter. You know, there's a lot of, uh, if you've been there, there's a lot of storefronts with living space above two is maybe buy someplace like that open a store in a, in a, a huge baseball tourist town and and then have that residence either to rent out as income to kind of pay for the storefront or the other option i consider doing is i could live there or if my son wanted to run it when i'm not i wouldn't have to be there maybe i show up on weekends you know while i work during the week. And then when, the, if the business gets established and it's doing well, there's no guarantees, but if you get to that point, then I can maybe leave a pivot from my, 
nine to five to just go in there. And then the resident part of it becomes where I, I don't have to commute every day back where I can spend a couple of days. My wife, okay, hey, we're going, you know, come on the week, you know, just that's that's where my mind goes. That that would be sort of my feel the dreams card store edition, you know, if if you will. Um, but you, you got to have the thought to make it happen. It doesn't happen without you, the premise. So, yeah, I've been asked that same question. And I think my answer is is similar, right? It's it's one thing to do all of this as a side hustle and in kind of in addition to or something in addition to our, our main nine to five gig. It's a completely different thing if it is your sole source of income that you and your family are dependent on to live and survive and pay benefit or pay, you know, medical insurance and all of those other things that, that go along with it. I kind of view what I'm doing right now as a, a long educational process that's setting up a potential encore career once I retire from my, my main job. Right. And so um, that's kind of the way that I approach it. It sounds like we're, we're a little bit similar in that, that mindset. Yeah. Which means that when we both retire, we have to put you partners in a, in an LCS. It sounds like. There you you go. Hey, this is going to be coming out the day before the national starts. And so people are hearing this with the next day being the the start of the national. What are your plans for the national this year? You know, I I just did my national preview show. uh, And and one of the tips, you know, that I do, I, I, it depends how long you go for. I'm going for the week. I believe you are too. That gives you a lot of leeway that you don't have to be rigid or as structured. Um, uh, so my plans are really going to do some on-site interviews. We uh, some some main we have a couple of slots for the main stage. One with Hobby Hotline, uh, one hopefully with Sports Card Nation, uh, and and like you say, just meet you know hobbies the people. Uh, throw my tagline in there, but it really is as as you well know, just meeting people for some in most cases for the first time. In some cases, you know the the nationals sort of like that get together, right? Coffee. Let's get together for coffee once a year, right? It's at the it's it's at the national. Insert drink of choice, if you you know what I mean. So, but uh, and and some people you're gonna meet for the first time. Some people you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing you again in in, in person. We've we've met already, uh, so it won't be the first time. I think there there's uh, that aspect uh, to it, and uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to that. A couple on-site interviews. I bring I bring a little. Um, digital recorder uh they're not going to be full-fledged interviews just kind of hey how's the show going for you what are your observations what do you think so far coming off a year where we had it canceled and i'll probably make a a one show with probably 10 vignettes if you will of little uh you know conversation uh maybe even you'll be one of those uh, potentially so you know I'll, i'll try to do those obviously uh, towards the back end of the week, you know, to go there on a Wednesday, say, Hey, what do you think of the show? Right. It just started, John, you know, it's great. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, so that sort of thing, uh, meeting some folks doing some, some on air stuff and, and buying some cards too. Uh, I don't bring any cards to, to sell. I'm just sort of a consumer, you know, one of my, uh, recent PC thing, I I've always, said, I don't PC enough, and so I decided uh, I had a little bit of a head start with some of the inventory I already had. I'm going to do a, a graded Hall of Fame rookie collection. They're going to be cards that I purchased with, with no intent to, to resell, uh, which is not something I did a lot of before, prior, to be honest with you, full 
transparency. I didn't do a, a lot of that. And I want to do a little bit more. And so that's the, the avenue that I've, uh, I'm not a set guy I used to be. Uh, I'm, I'm, my house isn't that big. And uh, my garage, my wife's always telling me you, the garage, you, you know, look through that stuff. Do you need all of it? You know, uh, so, so I knew it wasn't going to be like going back and doing sets. I love people do that. I know you do that. It's awesome. It's, it's not easy. It's accomplishment. Like you said, that feeling you get when you get that last card, I know you, you had that experience recently with a 68 uh, tops. Uh, I, I love it. I just, I'm not in that place to do it. So I said, well, what, what can I do? And I said, man, I'm going to, you know, do the, you know, not just baseball, but baseball centric uh, hall of fame, rookie graded cards. Now with you and I having kind of our fingers on the pulse of the hobby through the conversations that we have through our various shows and some of the collaborative shows that we're a part of, you know, there's different thoughts, there's different perceptions, expectations that people have for this coming national. Is there anything when it comes to the national that you're going to be there in attendance looking to observe kind of any, I, I don't know the best way to say it, but is there anything that you're going to be trying to pick up on to get a feel for when it comes to the overall vibe at the national? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, we're both actually qualify as this now as dealers and consumers of cards. I, I wear both those hats. We know where the market sort of, if you have, if, like you said, finger on the post, we know where the market is. I want to, as a fellow dealer, if I can say it like that, I want to see, I know sort of my approach if I was set up there. I'm not, but I know how my approach would be. I'm curious. And again, you got 1500 tables. You know, if we're set up next to each other, we may have different approaches, obviously. But I want to see the general consensus. I guess that's the best way to put it, is what the, what the dealers are going to marketize their, their inventory. Are they going to put stuff out and sell it for kind of going rate? Are they still going to, uh, you know, try to hold out for that that top dollar and sort of uh, say, hey, I got this into it. I know it's dropped, but I, I can't do that. I kind of want to see where the dealers go with where the market, market is. I think that's going to be indication maybe how long, I hate to say it like this, how long this lasts. Maybe a poor choice of words, but sort of, I think the more like sellers sort of embrace, here's where we are, and it can go back up just as potentially. And I'm not saying it will, it could go back up, maybe not to the, the level it was. I think that was sort of an anomaly. So I'm going in the show, just kind of walk in the room as someone that wears both of those hats. And I want to see uh, so kind of what I did in Dallas. I want to see, you know, what I hear when someone hands them their case and says, you you're interested in looking some stuff. I got some nice stuff. You want to buy it? And I, I heard a lot of in Dallas. I heard a lot of not right now. Usually I would, but uh, I'm, I'm looking just to, to sell at this time. Or I've even heard other dealers be honest that, that day and say, it's not been a great show for me. Uh, normally I would, but uh, under the, under circumstances right now, I can't. So I want to, I want to get that vibe to see, uh, are we still there? Are dealers that are going to sort of, hey, this is where we're at and uh, I need to, you know, sell some stuff. Even now I might have to grin and, and swallow hard and, uh, you know, see see where, where they're at. And it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, just walk in the room on, on it's sort of a small litmus test, but you can kind of get a vibe to, to where we are. 
Very cool. Well, thank you for spending some time today and, and getting together to chat a little bit. I can't wait to get to have a conversation face-to-face again here um, tomorrow, I guess, from, from when everybody else is going to be hearing this. But look forward to, to getting a chance to connect again at the National itself. Tell everybody where they can follow you and find your shows. I'll make it easy and short and sweet. Uh, I don't always get short and sweet, but I'll make this part short and sweet. If you Google Sports Card Nation podcast, all our stuff comes up. Twitter, Instagram, uh, podcast, uh, you know, all, all individual words, Sports Card Nation podcast, and uh, uh, you know, there'd be no shortages of, of search results. So that's probably the best way uh, to, to find us. Well, thanks again, John. I appreciate the conversation. Always, always, Mike. Appreciate it, too. The Sports Card Shop is your small-town local card shop with the global reach. Located in New Buffalo, Michigan, the shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini direct dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Topps, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. Thanks again to John for coming on today. I really appreciate that conversation, and it was a long one. Well, if you are going to be at the National this week, be sure to stop by the ComC booth to have a conversation with me. I am going to be doing a live version of the show on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. at the ComC booth. We're going to be having some interviews, some conversations, doing a recap of the show. I would love to to meet you. That's one place that I will be, but I'll be around. Look for the guy in the Wax Pack Hero t-shirt. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you want to leave some feedback, reach out at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at summer. And I would love to hear what you think about the show. Better yet, find me in person at the National this week and let me know what you think. That's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you later.